Welcome to the Human Podcast. He's fitness, well-being and fun expert, Matt Boyles. And he is author, speaker and a bit of the telly, Jez Rose. Join us as we explore over 23 episodes what it means to be human as we dive into the big things that make us tick. From happiness to creativity, success, pride and love. Listen in each week to be inspired, challenged and maybe, just maybe, discover a bit more about yourself along the way. Matt, you look a little different this week. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I see. I think that was a candy segue. <laughs> um, sure. Thanks. That will be the... Um, um, I don't know. That really threw me, that question. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> it's, well, no, you do. And, and actually, uh, some people listening or watching might be able to verify, actually, that you do look quite different <laughs> with true, your clothes on. So... It is. Can, nice can I apologise as well for the for delay in this episode being because I was poorly sick last week. Uh, it's not Jez's fault for once, it was my fault. For <laughs> <laughs> once? It just Doesn't prolongs it? the excitement and the wonder exactly. for another Events, week. Exactly. There's one thing I love is prolonged wonder. <laughs> Pro-wonder, exactly. <laughs> so. Matt, is what is that in the background? Is that a little guitar? And when I say little guitar, I don't mean little because it's... Just looks like a normal I'm going to say, I'm gonna say yes, but I can't see what you're looking at. Oh, which, on this side. Oh, so clearly no, not, because no. if it was a guitar, you go, oh, yeah, that's on this side. Yes. Yeah, down a bit. There. There. What's that brown thing with like a little stripe in the middle? Oh. What is that? <laughs> that is a cheese, oh, we're all gonna a be cheese and wine listening. hamper for my parents from Tom. <laughs> I hope they're not listening to this and spoiling the surprise. A, a guitar it's shape. It's not guitar shaped. Cheese and wine hamper. You're guitar shaped. <laughs> Can I just say, actually, Tony Braxton, there is a point to this, uh, released a song called Spanish Guitar. And the lyrics are, oh, I, want, I want you to hold me in your arms like I'm a guitar. And in the video, she's, hold, she's in his arms and she turns into a guitar. It's the most unintentionally nonsensical, ridiculous, unsexy thing ever. <laughs> Do check that out. I don't know. I've... Uh, I'm a piano man, so I don't really look at guitars and think they're sexy, but I know a lot of people do, and that's okay, because those people are very yes, different. with their long me, necks. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're funny little ears. <laughs> Six of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, and I don't hang around with them, because those people are highly strong. No. Oh, <laughs> trying to feel you're here all hour. Uh, I know, those pluckers. <laughs> Anyway. Good. <clears throat> differences, eh? So, yeah, differences. Now, here's the thing. I've always said that I, and this, I appreciate it might sound a little twee. but You? Twee? Never. <laughs> Tweed, maybe. <laughs> I, I've always thought that the, one of the joys of being human and one of the genuinely most wonderful things about being alive yeah. is the quote-unquote tapestry of life. All of our our little bit of patchwork stitched into the broader patchwork and all different people's cultures and mm. backgrounds and beliefs and religions and interests and all that kind of jazz. Um, sex, colour, creed, gender, blah, blah, blah. Ooh, sex, colour. I just think it's... <laughs> I think it's just... I think it's wonderful. I, I, I thrive on that. Yeah, ironically, it is single-handedly the one thing that divides us more than anything else, isn't it? Is the differences between us and differences between the way that we think or mm. 
things that we do. Isn't that incredible how for one person it can be like a genuinely a fascinating source of interest and intrigue and joy, genuine yeah. joy. Uh, I love it when somebody thinks differently to me because I think, oh, isn't that amazing? You see it from a completely different point of view. Yes. Um, obviously, they're, they're wrong, but... Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously. Um, um, <laughs> I, was, I was pondering this very topic, obviously, because I knew we were going to be talking about this. And I have obviously come to a completely different... <laughs> opinion no i love i love differences and i love like i but I'm, i don't think they're differences i think they're characteristics and i was wondering do we actually all have more more in common than we have different or physiologically or well i, dep- I oh, guess yeah, it depends I on what say. level you look at or how okay we're all humans yes can we re- agree on that well yeah <laughs> yes human agreed. adjacent i haven't said that word for a few weeks i hope you noticed adjacent no yes. you haven't no you've been very well restrained uh, we're, all, we're all grateful <laughs> like all those things that you mentioned that people do like at extreme extremes fight over aren't really there's there's such tiny minutiae of what it of 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 being alive of being a person but we extrapolate them and blow them up to be enormous when they're they're not i posit <laughs> that's really wanky i think i think that's uh, but but there's a really loaded point in there isn't there that actually we are probably uh more alike in so many more ways than we are different yeah yet of course the very nature of being human is that we see the thing that's different and it and we focus on it Mm. it's a bit like you know if you ask anybody who's a performer they could perform in front of 1,650,000 smiley, happy, laughing people who are enjoying whatever you're doing. Yeah. And you will zero in on the one person who isn't smiling oh, yes. or has got their arms folded. Sandra. Um, right. <laughs> or, or a different example would be that you've had a really lovely week, loads of stuff's gone right, but yep. one person on one day said something nasty to you and it sat with you the whole time. We've spoken about cortisol and... Yeah. Um, and adrenaline levels before, and that is obviously a, a, a one of the physiological reasons that those negative things sit with, sit with us longer. But that is just our nature, isn't it, as a species, is that the thing that's different stands out. It is. And that can be a wonderful and a great thing, but also it is the cornerstone of the challenge of the fact that it does, in therefore, stand out. Mm. Right? Do you think... Speaking of standing out. All the time. (laughs) I try not to. (laughs) Do you think the most self-actualised people are the most individual or the most fit in with the herdy? Herd. There's a question. What? 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 (laughs) You know, self-actualisation. The top of Maslow's pyramid. Write all this down before you. (laughs) You know, like... Interestingly, Maslow's pyramid has been disproved and is... Is not really not in this uh, house. It's been it's been discredited by many people. But oh, really? it's a useful starting point, I suppose, to put a point across. Yeah. Go on. Okay, well, okay. Well, regardless of what Faber and Michaels 1988 think of Maslow. <laughs> I made them up. Um Okay, but like he says top of the pyramid is self-actualization. And I come on, I think that's like being true to yourself and being like fulfilled. But does that fulfillment come from being different or does it come from being part of the herd? 
Jez. Jesmond. Jez. You've lost weight, darling. <laughs> don't, don't distract, because you don't know how to answer it. <laughs> I still don't know what the bloody hell you're saying. So do you think that... Uh, Would you be happier? Is... Happier. You could substitute self-actualised for happier. Do you think people are happier if they are more individual and stand out from the crowd, or they're happier if they fit in with the crowd and follow the herd? I don't think there is... This is the thing I'm struggling with to answer it, because I don't... There isn't... I think it's both. It doesn't... It's different for different people, isn't it? Some people absolutely don't want to stand out. They just want... They want the safety and comfort of linearity and being a part of a a group of people, you know, protection in numbers, safety numbers, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. Other people are much more explorative and much more either... um, confident or uh, I don't know some people intentionally go against the grain don't they and some people just think actually I don't want to do what everyone else is doing I'd like to explore something a bit more individual and so I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way and I don't think it is or isn't it just okay it, it just suits you doesn't it genetically do you think then with some people are more predisposed to be explorers and some people are more predisposed to be nesters oh, this is the this is the perpetual argument, and it is worth saying because too many people are opinionated about this. Is it is divided? Mm. It's like nature nurture, isn't it? You know, there are t- so many experiments um, and uh, social psychology experiments have been done over the years. One, the most famous one being that you take six babies, for example. <laughs> Don't take six babies. <laughs> well, you know, however many you can get away with, um, <laughs> and you, uh, they're adopted into families that are at odds to the class of which the babies were born from so you take a baby from lower social working class adopt it into a family that can afford to put it through you know higher education uh, into you know medicine or law or whatever Mm. um therefore proving the point that uh, it's about the environment so it's about nurture not necessarily nature and I probably would agree more with that, but then that's because my bias is in behaviour, not necessarily in other areas of mm. psychology or psychoscience. Mm. So, um, you know, I am intrinsically biased. So, but that's my thinking, is that I don't think it's necessarily genetic. I think it is largely about childhood, therefore environmental factors. You know, right. what did your parents say? Did your parents say, no, 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 you need to, mm. you know do this because everyone else does it or that's the right thing to do or religion says we have to do this um or are you allowed to be a bit more experimental and free thinking and therefore find your own path right less trodden by others that wonderful you know um passage Mm. so i think you either you either become different or you can become different through architecture and design right but of course for some people it absolutely is genetic, isn't it? You know, if you're if you're born a person of colour and you end up for whatever reason living in a largely, um, uh, how do you describe that? In in a I don't know society or area of the world that is of a different um, ethnicity. Word, please, Matt. Thanks, ethnicity. Then you are going to invariably be different, aren't you? Because mm. of the but, but that's not through design. So, isn't it interesting? Therefore, this is where it's just going to get so amazingly complicated. And I love the way these conversations go. <laughs> isn't it really interesting then that some people choose to be different because they want to stand out and embrace that, mm. and yet for others, 
it is the very reason, it's the source of an awful lot of unhappiness and discord in their life mm. because they are different. Do, do, okay, this is good, interesting. Then do you think knowing, and you'll probably tell me it's been discredited as well, but for example, <laughs> your Myers-Briggs personality type or what, or some... Oh, <laughs> can we not I'm, do Myers-Briggs? It's the only oh one I know. I'm, I'm not in that world. Oh, it was the only just, I'm not even point. giving that the light of day. It's okay. absolute utter crap and nonsense. <laughs> Somebody made a lot of money. <laughs> Barbara Myers. This nonsensical bollocks that one day you're an A or a B or a blue or or whatever the bloody hell it is, and that that it determines your characteristics. It's utter crap. Okay. Myers Briggs is the most ridiculous. But what it tells you is that you have that particular personality type on that particular day at that particular time. It doesn't take into consideration environmental factors and the fact that everybody's characteristic and behaviour moulds and adapts and changes as time goes on. It doesn't allow for expansion, adaptation or behavioural change. And also it doesn't allow for integration of other behaviours. So can you imagine that you say as you pay tonnes of money as a company and say, oh, let's all find out whether we're a blue or an ER or an NZ or whatever the bloody hell it all is. And other people that then went off on a tangent about it as well and created their own version of bloody Myers-Briggs that's equally utter bollocks and so there you are as a business and you say oh, okay there's all these different people so then you sit around a boardroom and there's 15 <laughs> people around it one's a blue one's a red two are greens are you telling me that you're literally that you're going to be able to adapt your behavior and the way that you influence and talk to those people and integrate and communicate with them based on whether they're a blue or a yellow or as utter crap sorry <laughs> You might go off on one a bit, though. No, I've never seen you like that. It's, um... <laughs> so, come up with something else, but don't make it about Myers Briggs. Well, again, it was just, it was just a touch point. It just. Wasn't. Don't give me your just, right? I don't want to hear about your low self-esteem. <laughs> let me try, let me try and formulate that question again without setting you off on a polemic for ten minutes. Um... <laughs> um were there to be a scientific way we could all agree on on discovering how we really were like, would that be mm. useful in... I can't remember the rest of the question I was going to... Was it about determining your future? I don't know. Um. Well, here's the thing. I... The... the moving away from the science-y bit... <laughs> Things that minute, rub you up the wrong I, way. I'm probably more... <laughs> Um, I'm probably more interested in steering this conversation away from the sciencey bit and the bit that okay ultimately we're gonna what well, <clears throat> because my concern is if we get too far down this there are different camps with different beliefs about this right and as much as I absolutely do not agree that Myers Briggs is useful or in, in fact actually I think it's a huge corporate scam. I don't think it's useful or, or, or creditable. You might want to edit that out. So, no, I will not. Um, <laughs> however, um, the point is that many people love it and many people think it is very useful and many people still subscribe to it. And that's fine. And so the problem is if we end up going a little bit too far down this route, we're going to, it's, you know, you could think this or you could think that. Mm. And I don't think that's very useful for our listeners um, because you end up having there's nothing kind of substantive and actually i think and feel free to push back because i know you love doing that i think it would be better for leave it matt i think it, i could see it bubbling in your eyes i think we should 
<laughs> explore the fact that we are all different. It's one of the greatest assets of being human is that you can be you, I can be me, and that we can live together. Mm. And that that happens brilliantly in many areas of life. It's celebrated. Mm. But it isn't still hundreds of years on, multiple generations of our species, it's still a significant issue that we are not all the same or that we're Mm. not... I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Hitler was trying to create a you know a race of people who were the same because yeah. he didn't want different right i mean that that is not far ago mm. um so i think that is more interesting why is it that difference do you think it scares people do you think it, it does it challenge your identity because somebody else can be different to you and you might not necessarily understand it boys in dresses Oh, still back to boys' interests, yeah. Right, that it's it's a real um, hot kind of topic at the minute because it's it's that sort of freedom of speech agenda and freedom of mm. personality agenda that's really hot at the minute, but it does divide still, right? Uh, it do, does it all boil down to fear of the unknown? Don't know. What do you think? Um, like the basest human needs to be to feel safe and if do you feel safe by knowing what you as much as you can and understanding the world and so things something are someone or something is placed before you that you don't know it's unsettling mm. um and also you want to be reassured that there are people like you hence why don't know. I don't know what I'm going with this. Um, well, <clears throat> here's something. Then. Let, let, let me let me offer you this. So, this is fresh in my mind at the minute. Cause I'm spending a lot of time. The my new book is about change, right? And oh. one of the things I'm spending a lot of time thinking about at the minute is how change. The reason we resist it because it threatens our identity. Mm. Because we know who we are, and the things that happen in our life, our patterns and our routines form a a part of who we know and think we are right they're comforting to us you know we have that mug in the morning and you know we get up we go for a wee we open the door we do whatever whatever the sequence of pack routines for you yeah you go you go to work you sit at that desk you speak to that person you don't really speak to those people um you do this you do that whatever so when something changes i.e you'll move to a different department uh, you lose your job uh there's something that stops you from you know uh accessing those things that form a part of your identity it threatens or or threatens to change and rock our perception of who we think we are and who we know we are mm. because now suddenly i can't do that sequence of patterns and um and behaviors so i wonder if you know you're faced with the world as you know it which has i don't know very few I don't know, Asian people on your street, has very few dogs, has very few men in dresses. Right. And then all of a sudden, you start to see more of any of those things that you, you know, that don't form a part of your narrative of your world and your identity. And so does that, therefore, in a similar way, 
is that what we're pushing it back against? Is like, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not in control of this. Suddenly, there's loads of people with dogs here, or suddenly there's lo- these things are changing around me. Mm. And is therefore, is that what we? One of the things that we struggle with is the fact that oh, I don't know. You know, this culture is different to me. These people look different. Yeah. Um, these people are doing things that I don't do. Ergo, I must resist it because. <clears throat> I don't know, I don't understand it, or I haven't got time to understand it, or I don't want to understand it, or mm. it's just... But, of course, it's it's more endemic than that. I mean, so I'm 37, and about 10 years ago, I stayed in Devon overnight for work, and I was woken up about midnight by a load of lads that were drunk on their way home, mm. Shouting anti-Semitic abuse oh. to somebody at the other side of the street, oh, and they were young, like probably early twenties. And you think, who are you to even think about anti-Semitism? Yep. Right? I mean, that's that's a, like an age-old thing that was created by people like Hitler to create divisive mm. areas in in society for a for an agenda. So what the hell is it? What use is it in the two thousands? Do you know what I mean? And why would your generation even be, you know, that empowered by wanting to do that? But that that proves it, that that the difference that reacting to differences is learned as opposed to innate. Yes, because yes. because we they come use this as an example, but you come back like toddlers get on with each other. They haven't had any. Uh-huh adult sure. society input to say that no you don't like that person or you don't yes hang out with that person um it's so it can be unlearned as well which is good sure because of course it's lovely isn't it when you watch kids because they're just so i think i've told you before about my, my love for william blake's songs of innocence and songs of experience yes. you know and there's that lovely thing that when you watch kids together they point out the obvious, but it, it there isn't anything behind it. Oh, look, your skin's different to my skin, and that's it. Move on. Yeah. You know, look, your eyes are blue, mine are green. Mm. Right, move on. There's no, there's nothing in it. No, there's no and judgment. Yet, it's just no factual. Exactly. Right. Oh, look, you know that that person's in a dress. See, this is even interesting because lots of people don't know that during the Victorian era, boys were dressed and wore pink, and yes. girls wore blue. And somewhere, I've not been able to find out where, that changed and presumably was acceptable because we've hung over a lot of stuff that still happens in our society now from the Victorian period. But that seems to be so ingrained that boys wear blue and girls wear pink. And yet, 100 years ago, it was the exact opposite. So where did that, you know, why why did we decide that that was okay? I I mean, yeah, creating divides based on colour of clothes or paint colour is ridiculous and sure but it's as ridiculous as creating divides based on the color of somebody's skin oh i completely agree so so does it and this is i mean yeah we we agree the reason we're doing this together is because i think we have almost identical morals i mean you wouldn't think so listening to it because you disagree with almost everything (laughs) but 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 at the core (laughs) yes yes pretty much uh, have aligned morals so um I know we can talk about stuff like this really openly and fluidly because I know there's, you know, we, we kind of um, think the same. But, yeah. but but I wonder if it's got something to do with, I mean, that's visual, right? And, of course, visual input is our single strongest source of input. 
So are you saying that... are they are there blind racists? There's a question. Oh man, that's an amazing thing. Ooh. I wonder if there are. That might be the cleverest thing I've ever thunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know and to think I'll probably edit it out. <laughs> 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 Unless you deliver me £10,000. That's really fascinating. Yeah. And would they... God, yeah. Because, see, even dialect and accents as well, you know, clearly, because secondary to visual input, our second strongest and most uh, used uh, sense is is audible. Mm. So would that... You know, when you hear somebody's accent, they sound different. Or they've got a lisp or a speech impediment mm. or, uh, I don't know, but yeah, regional dialect, I guess. And so naturally they sound different. Mm. And it's interesting, isn't it, that because they don't sound like you, that's the only reason they're different. They're not different to other people who sound like that. No. But that's like when someone in America says, oh, you Brits have got such a strong accent. <laughs> No. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why don't listeners write in if you're a blind racist? <laughs> okay, that would be an idiot. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> I don't know where that's going. Um, but my point is that if you can identify that, mm. um, you know, that person is different to you, why does it make your way right. It, it because doesn't. it doesn't, does it? No, you've just been told that and so, that's right. Yeah, and so the, the weird thing is you think, well, hang on a minute, so your sense of self-inflated importance as one of how many billion people on Earth is that your narrative of the world is right because you're this tiny little speck of a... We're all this you know little thing, aren't we, in the grand scheme of things? Yes. And yet... There's a you know so many different things then because they're different it's wonderful and yet we'll celebrate differences won't we mm-hmm. this is the weird thing is it's understandable why people want to celebrate differences in order to make them less different yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this 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 is the thing that I find this is a really tricky thing to talk about and I know it I'm is to sort of pa- pass the baton on to you because I know you've got <clears throat> probably more articulate ways of of explaining this but it's one of the things i struggle with with the um creating divides in society and we've spoken a bit about this before and i know you will say it's important to have your tribe and the people you can go to for safety and protection and all the rest of it so right you know like it used to be for example, sexuality like gay and bi, and then LGB, and then LGBT, and then LGBTQ, and then LGBTQ plus plus, and the plus plus, of course, denoting the many other different variations. Well, my problem with that is that you basically put a flag in and say we're different, we're not the same as everybody else. Um, I understand why it's there, and I understand the importance of it and the need for it, but it does at the same time say we're not one of you we're these people over here and i wonder if we've had lots of that throughout history with people saying um you know it's not hey there's another person another human being that's got different ways of thinking of it come into the fold let's all be a society together in this great big mixing bowl it's no we're over here we're over here we've got our group we've got 
Do, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to get at? I do, but you're seeing, for example, LGBTQ plus as a silo that you're only in. But you're not only in that silo. You're in so many other silos and groups. You're in your family group, your friend group, your work group. Of course. Like, saying you're LGBTQ plus doesn't... I don't think it does separate you. I don't think it does create other. And actually, I get oh, I get a lot of gay men on my adverts going, oh, I'm not different. I don't want to be treated differently. Why are you doing training that tailored for gay and bi trans guys? Oh, we're no different. Shouldn't we bring everyone together, like really aggressively? And look, wonderful if they've never had any homophobic bullying, for example, in any scenario in their world. That's a lie. They've experienced it in some regard, even microaggressions. But sure. what they're missing the point of is being able to offer that empathy, that safe space, that understanding of someone's experience doesn't create another. It just gives people who have been othered in the past, who are a minority, who have been pushed aside, in my case, by the fitness industry, it just gives them a chance to partake in things that everyone else has been doing without questioning for years. So I don't, I do disagree with you. I don't believe it creates separation or divides or others or groups. I think it's just part of our identity. It is. I think the danger is that by labelling it and saying, you know, and distancing yourself almost from everybody else from society, does that help feed? How is it distancing them? How is it distancing them? us well because rather than just being a human being or just being a member of society you're saying oh i'm a part of this group not part of all of your group so you so but how does that play out where? in I've people's just lives how does that how does that stop people interacting in it in lives it doesn't it's just a label it doesn't stop anything and they're still going to be gay whether you say they're in a group or not yes i know but that's my point is that actually by adding more formality and layers to your identity and it doesn't matter right replace lgbtq plus with a another social group whether it's religious race ethnicity whatever right um by making it more by formalizing it does that has that throughout history encouraged us to think about people as being different and separating them is what i'm saying I'm not saying it shouldn't be done. I'm not saying like it's not important to have these spaces. I'm saying, has that perhaps encouraged subconsciously us to think about a society as a bit more segregated rather than a big melting pot of... But, uh, but ultimately, we are different. So regardless of whether you stick a label on it or not, like you, it's, it's hypothetical because you can't... Someone who is straight can't look at a gay person or a group of gay people and go, they're the same as me, because they're not the same. In, in terms of sexuality, they're not the same as them. So regardless of whether there is an umbrella term which just gives someone an extra piece of their identity or not, it doesn't change the fact that there might be some straight people who've been told that gay people should be beaten up. Like, I don't, I don't believe, I, I disagree with you, I don't believe it creates division at all. Should we do book of the week? Very grumpy. He's very grumpy. <laughs> I'm not grumpy. He's got Matt's got his grumpy eyes. <laughs> you, you need to watch it. On he does this thing where he momentarily shuts down. <laughs> I'm not having it. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> oh, shut up, Marley. Now, now look what you've done. Um, <laughs> he's barking at grumpiness. He can smell it a mile off. Um, yes, I think I've just looked at the time and I, I realised that we, we could do this for like a week, couldn't we? Yes. Um, I, I'm going to try and desperately kind of pull this back somewhere to um, work out how we can... I don't want this to just be a kind of like mess of exploration about differences. I'm trying to work out how we can end on a point that's really positive for people. Um, and maybe, I mean, I don't... Th- I think it's going to be yet another one of those episodes where there's an awful lot of questions and an awful lot of themes that we can yes. explore, but very little necessarily advice. Although I think the questioning is great. There's tons of people on uh, Instagram that say oh, another amazing episode that really made me think or yes. you know, I've had to go off and have a little think about that. And I think if that's the only thing we do with this, I think that's wonderful, isn't it? I think that's the crux of what we do. More and more, in fact, the more we go through this, I think that there aren't answers. There's just helping people explore things a bit more by giving them things to think about. Yeah. For example, go on. interesting new books you might want to read <laughs> with precursors put in a musical style. <laughs> You ready? Do you need me to count you in? Uh, no, but you better. I hope you've got. Uh, this is a saga. <laughs> I think it's 12, <laughs> 12 lines. And you've it's had also. About four weeks to write it. Well, you've been off. Is that, I did add a verse. Uh, and it's Christmas themed. Uh, oh, yay. Yes, exactly. In fact, this is also my slightly uh, hollow stab at a Christmas number one so I can make millions and retire and stop all this fitness stuff. I hate that. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I might put some uh, some little bells in under your thing oh, in, in the edit. I think you'll like to. Okay, it's called the Christmas Bat. Popular child's <laughs> yes. animal. There wasn't. I googled it and there wasn't one about it. So I was like, brilliant. Everything else has been done. Okay. <clears throat> The Christmas bat, he lives in a cave, he flies around the world and he says behave to the kids who are naughty instead of being nice. And if he comes your way, he'd love a slice of Christmas cake, it's his favourite snack. And if it tastes good, he'll come straight back and you'll never get rid of the Christmas bat. He'll pester you all year, well fancy that. You see, the Christmas bat is a lot like you. He's moody and funny and many things too. And he loves a book which leads us now to put Book of the week. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Christmas you, bat. You, you did go for something, you know. <laughs> some would say there have been right. interventions for less than that. <laughs> some, some would say there need to be some interventions. <laughs> uh, God love you. Yes. Well, my book is called Tell All, and it's by Chuck Palahniuk. And there's lots of uh, discussion about how you say his name, but I think... The one I've heard is it's uh, a combination of Paula... Oh, sorry, Paula Nick, sorry. His, his grandparents, Paula and Nick. Anyway, you will know him. He wrote Fight Club. Yes, Fight Club. Um, I've read most of his books. Most of them are very good. This one's very good. Um, why is this about differences? So it's called Tell All, and it's a sort of homage memoir to the golden era of Hollywood but it's set a bit more recently about a star from the past. So I guess someone a bit like a Judy Garland living now. And it's written from the perspective of her housekeeper. Uh, Just as an aside, what I love is every time it mentions a famous person, and it happens a lot, they bold the famous person's name. I don't know why. They just do to sort of, I guess... Well, actually, no, I do know why. Because this is the whole point about differences. 
it's written at first like all oh, the famous people, the, the, the stars, they're worth celebrating. So this is about the differences between stars and regular people. Again, it's written by a regular person. But it's it just as a brilliant story. So uh, the way it's written is very much his style. He repeats things, repeats, repeats, but in a, not in an annoying way. Uh, and then the star, the faded star, basically someone comes to live with her. And it's, is he a scoundrel? Is he a, count, uh, is he a, a bounder and a cad? Uh, and the twist is the the twist is brilliant. Um, and there's a brilliant thing on the inside here. You can probably just see, and it says, every word he's written about me in, is uh, is a lie, including and and the. <laughs> uh, it's fab. It's actually it came out I think 2009, 2010. Is it fiction? Yes, very much fiction. <sighs> but lots of real people mentioned in it. Uh, published by Random House. Uh, tell All by Chuck Polinick. Enjoy. Yeah, I could, could go in somebody's stocking. And it's a it? slim volume for someone who doesn't like slim reading. Slim stocking. 179 pages, unlike those thousand page tombs I've been bringing to you. Yeah. <laughs> those heavyweights. Yes. What's yours? Mine is possibly out of print and I suspect uh, not very accessible to the world. <laughs> right. Um, but you could probably get it from abebooks.co.uk or from eBay. It is The Terrible Twos. Uh, it was produced for BBC Children in Need by Sarah Kennedy. Sarah Kennedy! <laughs> Sarah She's Kennedy. She's one of my back favourites. In- in 1994, and that there is, I think, Molly is her, ooh, her daughter of, of, of granddaughter. I can't Sarah Kennedy. Um, the younger of the two cover girls uh, doesn't necessarily explain. Anyway, so um, this is apparently, the, well, I think I vaguely remember it. There was a <coughs> BBC Two radio show. That was uh, Terrible Twos, the Terrible Twos. And it was people ringing in with really cute anecdotes of what their, you know, kids or grandkids had said. Right. So I'll give you an example. Uh, This is rather brilliant. Uh, My sister went to a nativity play where the little Virgin Mary became exasperated with the little Lord Jesus and said fiercely, stop your snivelling, Jesus. Uh, Another nativity, when asked, is there any room at the inn? The child replied, oh, yes, making the story of the stable quite redundant. (laughs) Finally, uh, yet another nativity in answer to, and what shall the child be called? The reply came back, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) Then uh, Nina was captivated with the story of the nativity, birth and eventual death of Jesus on the cross and was overjoyed when she was chosen to be an angel in the nativity play. She learnt her lines to perfection. However, Nina was given to adding her own logic to every situation. (laughs) The nativity was well underway and when it was her turn to say her lines to Mary, she said, don't worry, Mary, you will have a lovely baby and you will call him Jesus. She then added, but I wouldn't get too attached to him because he'll be dead by Easter. (laughs) (laughs) And there are loads and loads and loads. Some of them are longer, some of them are tiny, you know, just little short sentences, funny things that that kids say. Um... Uh, yeah, cute things. And Very um, good. there was one. There was one. I forget what the exact. I'm gonna uh, paraphrase it, but there's there's one little phrase uh, story in here where uh, the midwife came round uh, <clears throat> early morning, early hours of the morning to deliver the baby, 
And then she popped back later on this afternoon. <laughs> the little toddler said, oh, have you come back to take him away? He's been crying all day. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason, uh, it was produced by the BBC, uh, it's BBC Radio 2. It was 4 99 oh. like in 1994. Oh, inflation. Um, but you know, it was so popular. It says here it was... The first published 1994, reprinted in 1994 three times. Oh, wow. So, and a royalty of 10% uh, was paid to BBC Children in Need on every copy sold. Now, the cool thing about this is, of course, it's about the way that children see things and the incredibly pure, often absolutely hilarious, way that that kids see things so literally Mm. without any substance without any societal or environmental weighting or mm. you know they, they just see it as it is mm. and through the humor and some of them are laugh out loud um while i was having my tat totted up today i took this and i was looking through it and i read the whole thing and i was <laughs> laughing out loud to myself um it just there's a there's a greater message in here of innocence yep and what we obviously always think that we know better than children because we learn more as we grow up and we learn we become wiser about the world we have tons more experience than children do but actually the way that lots of these kids see things and see problems i think is actually a a great solution it's a lot simpler than we than we Mm. unnecessarily complicate it as adults and i know from what we've been speaking about you know about kids that uh, like um, I want to say kindergarten, uh, um, junior school, and um, yep. you know, you know, um, play school. They they see the differences and celebrate the differences because the differences aren't a problem. They're just we're just different, and isn't that yeah. wonderful? So sure is. Um, it's a shame it's not around anymore because it's it's super. Fun. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if you did want another book that you could buy, that I suggest then flip the switch is still available. Um, <laughs> Both uh, coming to a charity a shop near you soon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> makes a great stocking filler for a least favourite child. Um, <laughs> if you don't have any coal. <laughs> so where shall we steer this juggernaut of difference um, now? Oh, into the loading bay of indifference. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always about sex with you. <laughs> uh, onto the container ship of remorse. <laughs> Let- I I'd love to hear your um your sort of um your take on what you think where difference is important in life. Yeah. And let's kind of use that as a wrap up because I think it's very easy to get carried away and think the difference is uh, throughout history have been shown to be bad things. You know, these people aren't like us, therefore they must be punished or pushed away or whatever. Mm. And these people um, are trying to be like us and that's not fair or whatever. But where can difference be celebrated? Oh, Why is it a good thing? I, I'm going to answer that. Learning. You learn Never. from things who are different. If everything was the same, you wouldn't learn. You wouldn't grow. Like, that's why you have to learn mm, from... Smart. Yeah, don't sound surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> Uh, how can we do difference differently? Oh, what does that mean? Nice. Who knows? <laughs> Least of all you, and you came up with it. Um, you know, last week or the week before, I said, you know, I encourage people in um, 
uh, in sort of corporate environments when you're yes. trying to build culture and think about culture is to have cultural days every month and find people from different ethnic or ethnic <laughs> get me, me. Uh, <laughs> ethnic or religious backgrounds um <laughs> psychosocial just different right? maybe they're like different uh, soup to you i don't know <laughs> I might do the rest of the series in this place. <laughs> uh, I'll just think that halfway through that Jesse didn't he didn't finish it. I got some other geezer in. Um anyway, um dear listener. Um yes. what was my what was my point, Matthew? You were talking about yes. companies like learning each other yes. as background. That is a really cool way to celebrate difference, right? And to make put difference right there at the heart of what we of what you do and to celebrate that. Um you know, there's a guy of mine, a, a guy of mine, a friend of mine who is uh does these bisexual kind of presentations for Ooh. people uh, as part of is it in powerpoint he goes into like yeah he goes into prisons and uh, schools and mm-hmm. uh, whatever and, and talks about bisexuality as an important often forgotten piece of the um sexuality agenda yeah um and it's really fascinating what he does and, and how he does it because you know, there is a tiny piece of the jigsaw that's overshadowed, you know, by the other, I guess, um, or largely overshadowed historically. Mm. So that's, I guess, case in point is, you know, isn't it wonderful to listen to other people who are different and find out, even just be fascinated. You don't have to agree with, you know, what they do or you don't have to convert to what they do or who they are. You don't have to Mm. be like them, do you? That's the joy of who you are is you're unique. And maybe finding ways to celebrate differences and learn about them, as you quite rightly say, because difference is the answer to learning, isn't it? It's the reason we learn. Counterpoint, celebrate similarities. Find the similarities, not the differences. Because... Yeah, I mean, you sound like Hitler now. No! I mean, in someone who... (laughs) Oh, you rotter! I think think we're all quite shocked about that. As opposed to looking for the differences in someone, look for the similarities. There'll be more than you think. So, yes, oh, God, Matt, I was just going to ask you another question, but we really need to wrap up because that that is the thing, is it is our similarities more important than differences? Yes, because I think they build bridges, they build bonds, and they help you see that, like, for example, people get, especially nowadays so caught up in politics as a game as I've got to win this game of politics by being on the right side, even if I don't believe with everything the leader's saying. Trump era America, for example. But so it's very easy. And then columnists, this is in the UK, describe asylum seekers as as like cockroaches and and things like that. And it's that is to other and to look for, make people find the differences. But they're they're just people. We're all all just people. Um, and ultimately, that, that's the thing, isn't it? I was just going to say that exact same thing, that the joy is that the greatest similarity is that we're all human. Mm. And, and that, I think, we overlook all the time. Mm. We don't think species-specific. No. Um, you know, wouldn't it be lovely? I think we need, a, we need another series like Desmond Morris again, don't we? Oh, yes. Right? 
It's all very well old Attenborough banging on about monkeys and, <laughs> I don't know, fish with light-up bums and stuff, but what about us? What, what about the humans? Who's going to look, think of the humans? <laughs> well, that's what we're doing. Hello. We are yeah, the Desmond know, Morris right? of 2021. We are, we are David Attenborough. Or Johnny Morris, wasn't it? No. No, not Johnny Morris. Bloody Johnny Morris. Who was Johnny was... Morris? <laughs> Who was, oh man! Who was Johnny Desmond Morris? Morris. <clears throat> Johnny Morris was the um, uh, was he a the art guy. Oh no! Hang on. Yeah, no. Who am I thinking? Are of? you I'm thinking, thinking of, Johnny of Johnny Robinson from the X Factor? He was my favourite. No, I'm thinking of Zoe Ball. <laughs> Johnny Ball. I'm oh, thinking of Johnny Ball. Explains it all. I see. Yeah, but we've left people definitely more confused than they started. But thank you for listening yes. and going with us on this journey. Matt, I will speak to you next week. I can't wait. I cannot wait. No, oh, I hang on, wait. will I? Isn't it Christmas next week? It is, but I mean, it's not Christmas all week. I'm not. I'm not recording this on. Uh, oh yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be a special Boxing Day episode because of the way that this has worked out. Oh yes, well, we'll make it work. Don't fear not, lovely listeners. We will be coming in your ears, as Jez is wont to say. Yes, and uh, it, next week it's going to be Tinseltastic. Happy <laughs> Christmas, everyone. Thanks for listening so much. We really appreciate every single one of you. <laughs> Except you. Bye! Thank you so much for listening to The Human Podcast. Join us for more fun over on Instagram at That Human Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you're first to hear the newest episodes. And leave us a five-star review. So we can help other people understand themselves and what it truly means to be human. <laughs>